You're listening to the Geek Watch Podcast, Episode 70. Easy come, easy go. This is the Geek Watch Podcast with Brian Hatcher and Mandy Petrie. Greetings, Geek Watchers, and welcome to episode 70 of the Geek Watch Podcast. I'm Brian Hatcher, and with me, as always, Geek Watch's own resident geek goddess, Mandy Petrick. Hello, Brian. Well, today we've got some comings and some goings. We've got some movie news and three new things that have popped up this week that we can talk about. But let's start out with there was an announcement Netflix made on June the 3rd that uh, they're going to be doing a new series with the Russo brothers of, mm-hmm. of Avengers fame. They are going to be doing an anime series based off of Magic the Gathering, the card game. Okay. So, hmm. have you ever played Magic? I have not, but I've, I've heard, you know, people talk about it, that it was basically kind of a uh, more rules Dungeons and Dragons or Dungeons and Dragons, but with cards like Pokemon and Dungeons and Dragons had a baby. Yeah. And that's Magic the Gathering. Well, I'll tell you, the way that I played Magic since the first edition, which uh, now makes me sound old. I've always described Magic the Gathering, it was the card game created for people who you hated playing D&D with. Basically, the people that were the rules lawyers who were trying to find ways of getting past the rules, <laughs> that is the crux of what Magic the Gathering is. Every card has a little rule and it acts a certain way. And what good players in Magic the Gathering do is they figure out how to crack the rules. What card can I play with this card that I can get rid of the disadvantage playing that card has? Hmm. And so the people that I find are the best at playing Magic the Gathering are the ones that you hated playing D&D with because they're constantly going through the rule books, trying to figure out a way to mini-max their character. (laughs) Magic the Gathering is definitely in the wheelhouse. But the thing about it is as the card games went on and you got new additions and they have expansions, they started tying story into the expansions. And so – and then you started – seeing recurring characters in the cards and so and, and they started writing novels based off of the um, hmm. off of off of it mm-hmm. so they created this story around these card game and so and russo brothers uh, are huge fans of magic gathering they've been playing it i think probably about as long as i've been playing it well so. excellent because um i know when they finally did make a dungeons and dragons movie that it was not it was not what a Dungeons and Dragons movie should have been. Right. Because I don't know who put it together, if they had ever even played it. But I'm I'm glad that, you know, Magic is going to have that kind of drive behind it. Like I would I would rather see, you know, Joe uh, Maganella do or Vin Diesel put together a Dungeons and Dragons movie. That would you know, because they are they're patrons of the game, and they right. know it. So good, good for them, good for the Russo. Yeah, if you don't, uh, and designed as an anime, it's going to look amazing. And of course, the Russo brothers, fantastic directors and producers, and I mean, what they've been able to accomplish with the the Avengers movies, I mean, has been next level. And like you say, the the fact that they're fans of the of the game and are familiar with the, the backstory and wanting to explore that backstory, I think this is going to be amazing. Something else that piqued my interest is I saw a teaser trailer for a new Amazon series called Carnival Row. 
And basically, it's going to be coming out August the 30th, so we're going to be seeing it pretty soon. Oh, wow. So basically where this came from... That's just a few days away. <laughs> August the 30th? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it's just like two months. It, it seems like, you know, whatever's going on would have had a little bit more lead up to this. You know, we knew about Good Omens for almost a year. Right. And now Amazon's like, oh, we've got this coming out. Yeah, we got that this thing popping up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's one thing I've noticed is usually a lot of the stuff that comes up for them... Tends to be a little bit more of a surprise. You don't get a lot of lead in. Uh, they wait until they've got something solid. And maybe that's because with them being a, a bit new to this game, they want to make sure they got something really good and solid before mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. announce it. But actually, this has been around for a while because Guillermo del Toro was planning on making this into a movie. This was going to be a, a movie, but it spent 13 years in development hell, basically. Hmm. So after that, Basically, they decided that let's let's make this as a series. And the problem, uh, unfortunately, uh, was that uh, Del Toro now is he's he's has commitments now where he can't really be involved in the series. And so Paul McGuire and uh, John Emile are going to be taking over as, as directors and showrunners for the show. Basically, what the show is going to be about, you have Orlando Bloom playing the role of a detective in this noir victorian tinged city called uh Bergu, where basically humans and fairies and other creatures coexist so it's sort of like a a victorian magical realism type oh, i was thinking like sherlock uh, uh jack the ripper kind of well there yeah. is there's definitely a sherlock holmes jack the ripper type of uh, vibe to this uh-huh. because of course Orlando bloom plays a detective and he's basically investigating a serial killer who preys on mystical creatures and according to the description, as he continues in his investigation, he becomes the prime suspect for the murders. So, hmm. okay. and uh, Orlando Bloom is in this. Uh, Cara Delevingne, who was also in the teaser trailer, she plays. She's described as a, a fae, a fairy refugee. So hmm. there's not an awful lot of mo- uh, a lot more detail about what this show is about, which you know th- I don't mind that at all. I don't mm-hmm. want to know everything going into it. But I mean, we've been talking about a lot of these taking fantasy worlds and kind of twisting them. There's been a lot of those. I mean, we talked. Yeah. Uh, Onward been- is coming out and right. bright. Um, the second, uh, yeah, they're coming out with a part two of that. Yes, which which I'm excited about. I know you know it had a lot of mixed feelings, but uh, which I love and uh, True Blood. I, I look at those, you know, mm-hmm. being in the uh, supernatural mundane, you know, rather than the clandestine, which is where you get your Buffies and your Supernaturals and your Harry Potters. So you know, seeing supernatural mundane is exciting to me. Yeah, well, we're getting a lot of fantasy type movies and and TV shows. I mean, Matt Groening and Enchanted. Mm-hmm. Disenchanted. Disenchanted. Yes. Uh. We're seeing a lot of that now. And mm-hmm. uh, I mean, to my mind, I think Harry Potter many years ago led into, that was the mm-hmm. beginning of this fantasy renaissance that we're seeing now. And of course, we're getting the, we're getting Dune very soon, which is sort of a fantasy sci-fi. sci-fi yeah, kind of the perfect storm of it. Yeah. And I can see like the late nineties, early two thousands kind of had a bit of a sci-fi renaissance to it. You know, not only had we, started doing the star you know however you felt about the star wars movies the new star wars movies were coming out oh tv battlestar galactica and all the star treks and it was really uh, farscape of course you know a lot of sci-fi had sort of a rebirth at that time so now i think you know we're kind of swinging the other way then we can get these perfect balances with dune and i love it 
Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm so excited about it. <laughs> I'm certainly waiting on that. Now, I also saw an article on the Joe Blow website. Uh, they were talking about an, uh, an interview that uh, Sigourney Weaver did with uh, Parade Magazine. And it seems like she was indicating that she was going to be in Ghostbusters 3 mm-hmm. with Dan Aykroyd and Bill Murray, that they were also going to be making appearances in Ghostbusters 3. And apparently... Uh, Sigourney Weaver is going to be playing Dana Barrett, so she's going to be bringing that character That's back. That's very exciting. And let's see, I guess, what, 1989, I guess her son, uh, Oscar, would be, you know, an, an adult now, and mm-hmm. maybe he could be a part of the, the kids' lives that are going to uh, sort yeah. of be the leads of now, this new Ghostbuster movie. Yeah, my, of course, you know, take that with a grain of salt. Nobody's really said anything uh, direct about this, so... Uh, she may have been misinterpreted. I don't know. I didn't get a chance to read the parade article, but it would be uh, interesting to see that. Now, some people were kind of doubting this a bit because they're like, Bill Murray's going to be involved. It's like, how do you get Bill Murray involved in a, in a Ghostbusters movie? But I think under the circumstances, I, I think with a good script, you know, I think that he would be interested in it. And he's not going to have to do any heavy lifting in this movie because the original team is going to be referred to, but they're not going to be the main characters. Mm-hmm. So maybe we can get Wes Anderson in to uh, to do Ghostbusters, the, and then Bill Murray will come along well, with there, him. There mm-hmm. you go. There, there, there's a plan. <laughs> now, speaking of rumors, Geeks Worldwide, their website, they said that they talked to some people in Marvel, and they couldn't give a whole lot of detail. But and they said this was a rumor also. But they have reason to believe. They said that we may see a new Fantastic Four movie by 2022. Okay. And they also said that Ant-Man director Peyton Reed is really interested in directing and that he's had a take on the Fantastic Four forever. In fact, he's been talking to Kevin Feige forever about it. And as someone who's a big fan of the of the Ant-Man film, the first Ant-Man film, I would love to see what he would do with the Fantastic Four. And apparently uh, Peyton Reed is really interested in picking it up. Now, again, this is a rumor Take it with a grain of salt, because I, I would be surprised if we saw a Fantastic Four film that early, because 2022 is not that far far away. Now, when is Black Widow supposed to come out? Because if the rumors are true about Ben Grimm being a part of Black Widow. Well, that'd be 2021 or so, 2020, I should say. So we'd have to have that before we got the Fantastic Four to establish Bringing the Fantastic Four into. Yeah, assuming that the, the Dave Harbour part is, in fact, Ben mm-hmm. Grimm. We don't know that, of course. Uh, again, that we talked about that in another podcast and uh, that rumor. But yeah, that's very possible. So if that pans out, I can maybe we will see a Fantastic Four in 2022, but uh, we'll see. I did see online Patty Jenkins released some uh, some pictures from the new Wonder Woman film, including Ooh. Gal Gadot's uh, new Wonder Woman uh, uniform. It's all armor, gold armor. It, looks, hmm, it okay. looks great, actually. Yeah. And so she's, of course, since uh, Wonder Woman is still uh, some distance away, of course, keeping the interest going. But the new armor, I mean, she she looks pretty awesome. <laughs> I mean, she looks definitely soldier in it. So uh, we should be getting some uh, 3D printed uh, costumes here pretty soon. <laughs> I would think so, mm-hmm. definitely. <laughs> but uh, speaking of Wonder Woman, this week, just this week, Linda Carter got her star on the Hollywood Walk of oh, Fame. Oh, yay, yay for Linda Carter. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's that was a long time coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm glad it finally happened and uh, of course uh, Patty Jenkins had some really nice things to say about Linda Carter and uh 
I mean, Linda Carter, she's like 66 and doesn't show, uh, I mean, does mm-hmm. not show her age at all. Nope. But, I mean, she was uh, a forerunner, certainly, in the female superhero. I mean, she's a lot of people's first memories of Wonder Woman. Is who you, mm-hmm. I mean, that and Super Friends are pretty much it. Right. But, I mean, basically heading a, a female-led superhero show on television and becoming a part of the canon in, in a real sense. She was a forerunner for a lot of the stuff that we're getting in movies today. Mm-hmm. So it was a long time coming, but definitely uh, I'm glad to see that it, it, it finally happened. Going into rumor, we've been talking about a lot of great things that have been happening that we are we are getting now. Uh, we're going to have to talk about some things that are going away. And this is a major, major rumor. I, I wouldn't even call it a rumor. I would call it speculation. But it, it's a speculation that when I read the article, I was thinking, Okay, well, this makes sense. I'm not happy about it, but it makes sense. But I, I read this article by Sandy C. She's a reporter for Fansided. And her uh, speculation, her suggestion is that Stranger Things was probably going to end after season four. That, uh, of course, the new season's coming uh, coming out July 4th, so mm-hmm. very soon. And, of course, uh, heavily promoted... Yeah, there's all this stuff coming out, and I mean, right. Coke and Baskin Robbins and, and mm-hmm. all that stuff. But uh, she's speculating that that after season four, uh, it's going to be over. And the reason she believes this, she said she would probably would have said it's probably going to end after season three, except that the directors are basically have been saying, "Oh, we're definitely getting a season four. We've already got it mm-hmm. planned. It's definitely mm-hmm. going to happen." But her reason for believing that they're going to end this, even though the show is extremely popular and doing well for Netflix, is that a lot of their shows that are extremely popular and do well get three to four seasons and then they're gone. It's like they don't tend to survive. And she's not wrong about that. I mean, well, see, I was thinking that there was a uh, an interview with the Duffer Brothers at one point of time, and they said that they couldn't go that long because – these kids should move out of this town is pretty yeah. much what they said. They should leave. Yeah, eventually, um, eventually they're going to age out of their roles. Well, no, because Hawking is apparently a terrible, terrible place to live. <laughs> um, there's these evil monsters that pop up every year, and they're doing experiments on children in this town. So why do they still live here? Yeah. You know, why hasn't Joyce packed up her boys and moved out? Why have they stayed here? So that was kind of what came to my mind. Yeah. Well, I mean, you look at shows like all the uh, Netflix Marvel shows that ended after three seasons. I mean, mm-hmm. we're getting the last season of Jessica Jones is getting ready to uh, come up here soon mm-hmm. and and lucifer was just announced as only getting one more season right and the the santa clarita diet was canceled yeah. you know and it was extremely popular mm-hmm. so you have to wonder it's like why it is that netflix they seem to keep cutting the legs out from under themselves when they get a they get a great series that people are, are enjoying and are doing very well then suddenly they they cancel them which i'm going to segue to something uh you know why are they why are they killing themselves it's not as bad as what dc tv streaming service just did oh no they did something this is this is crazy when i read this i i, I couldn't believe it but they just started their uh, swamp thing mm-hmm. uh, miniseries you you've heard about this mm-hmm. yeah they've already aired the pilot episode which People just loved. Awesome. I, have, I haven't had a chance to see it yet, but everybody who's seen it, they said, this is amazing. This is a great combination of horror 
and uh, sci-fi, and there's a bit of a love story in there, and it's great. Uh, so wonderful, in fact, that uh, they've already announced they're canceling the show. <laughs> oh, After great. they've uh-huh. shown one episode, and they've already said we're canceling it. Didn't that pretty much happen to Firefly? But you know, that's the that's the age old complaint. So, oh yeah, uh, yeah, they're can't. I mean, it's like they haven't even shown the entire season yet, and they're already saying, nope, nope, we're done. Wow, how? I mean, what? Really? Mm-hmm. And. From what I've heard is one of the reasons, uh, or at least the main reason why they're planning on canceling this show is because they're not sure if they want to make it a love story. And so, some of the producers want it to be more of a love story. Some of the other producers want it to be straight horror and they can't agree on it. So they're like, we're not just, we're, we're just not going to do any more of it. We'll run this season and we'll just kill it, which doesn't make any sense to me at all. It's like, look, just let it be what it is. Produce the show as you're producing it. Don't worry about what box you're supposed to fit this thing in and just let it be what it is. But there's a lot of weird rumors going on with the DC streaming service. I've, I heard somewhere that Warner Brothers is wanting to create their own streaming service and they're going to cancel the DC service and they're going to kind of just meld it in okay. with, which I can understand the logic behind mm-hmm. that because with Disney Plus, I mean, you get all the Marvel stuff, but you're getting everything else and mm-hmm. so Warner Brothers might might feel like they want to bol- bolster the streaming service why have two services when you can put them together as one yeah and and, and have- as the consumer i could see that too yeah yeah, yeah. definitely you pay for one thing mm-hmm. but i i know a lot of people who are big fans of the DC service that are worried about that because it's like you know DC being by itself you know is pretty cool and they're coming out with great content like uh like uh the Titans, mm-hmm. and, which uh, I know a lot of people have said a lot of great things about that. I got to see uh, the first episode of Doom Patrol, and it was amazing. Oh, was it? Okay, good. Oh, it was, well, they showed it for free on uh, on YouTube, and I think it's still available mm-hmm. out there so you can watch it. Great stuff. Mm-hmm. And I know some people, and knowing Warner Brothers, I, I can see where that fear would come from, that if it goes under the auspices of Warner Brothers totally – that they're going to muck around with it too much, whether they'll even they'll even show more episodes of it or feel like, no, nah, some of these shows are just too far out there, especially Doom Patrol. They'll probably look at that and go, that's just too weird. It's not a good fit for the channel, so we're not going to put any more of it out. So they're just worried that, uh, that Warner Brothers is just going to muck around with it too much. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I can definitely see that. So one other piece of people leaving that we've, we're going to have to talk about, if you've not read uh, the, the Walking Dead comics, um, uh, skip ahead a few minutes because there is a major spoiler. Oh, yes. Walking mm-hmm. Dead 192 was released. And since it did it on the TV show, I guess they decided let's do it in the comics. They killed Rick Grimes. No, they didn't kill Rick Grimes in the TV show. Remember, magic helicopter. <laughs> yes. Well, yeah, they- I did read about that. That's uh, that there was a cliffhanger that he was laying in a bloody bed. And then so we didn't know. Then, boom, next one comes out and Carl has to shoot him. Yeah. So. And uh, I know that Robert Kirkman, he put a a letter to the fans at the end of of the comic saying, look, guys, don't think that the TV show made me do this. We've been planning Mm -hmm. this for a long time. In fact, the character who shot and killed Rick Grimes, she said, we knew when I first introduced that character, I knew that was we were going to do this. Mm -hmm. I introduced, you know, basically he is the son of. Of the woman who used to run the Commonwealth. And Rick Grimes takes over as leader of the Commonwealth. Mm-hmm. And so you had this great 
uh, you had this great moment of hope. Things are going to get better. And the son's like, no, you jerk. I'm going to kill you. And basically shoots him. And uh, so, yeah. It's kind of like the death of Superman in the horror comic genre. I don't think a helicopter's coming this time. Now, now here's something. Mm -mm. I will say this. I did see... uh, I did see parts of the uh, of the first uh, episode of this season of Fear of the Walking Dead. I, I didn't watch the whole thing. I was just kind of kind of half watching it because mm-hmm. I'm. I mean, I don't really watch the show. There were some soldier characters that that uh, looked like they'd come out of the comics, but one thing about them is they, uh, besides the fact they had guns and walkie talkies, they also had this interesting symbol that we saw uh, the last time we saw that I saw it. It was painted on the side of a helicopter that. Took oh, Rick Grimes, right? mm-hmm. that, yes, that that uh, trigram symbol. Mm-hmm. So apparently they're they're gonna use Fear of the Walking Dead to introduce that group in a in a big way, and so we'll probably learn more about them and possibly the fate of Rick Grimes, who these people are that took Rick Grimes in Fear of the Walking Dead. So that intrigues me a little bit more mm-hmm. to watch the show. But uh, I noticed that, and I'm, uh, I just thought, you know, especially with, you know, with Rick Grimes and, and uh, people wondering what the heck, what the heck's he been up to and what happened to him. Answering those questions in, in Fear of the Walking Dead, I think is going to, for people who don't watch the show like myself, now kind of intrigues me a little bit to delve into the show. Mm-hmm. So, well, let's uh, end the show. There's a few things that uh, came out this week, uh, TV-wise, mm-hmm. uh, that I wanted to talk about. Uh, of course, we mentioned last week that uh, Good Omens came out, and I did, in fact, binge watch the entire series <laughs> on on Sunday. I only got like halfway through. I yeah, didn't you got get very that. far. So, uh... so you're you're about at the halfway point uh-huh. now. We're not going to talk spoilers because <laughs> if you've not seen this, you definitely need to see this, and I I wouldn't want to spoil a bit of it. So, mm-hmm. but what do you think about it so far? Oh, it's it's perfect. It is you know, it's exactly like like I was expecting it to be, you know, from, from the book it's just different enough to, you know, have updated into a more modern time and perfect, perfect casting. And like even watching interviews with the cast, talk about how perfect it is. And, but there's a couple of different interviews and uh, one like Neil Gaiman talking about, he, he got this question of make Terry Pratchett proud. And he said, uh, that's pretty much what our entire goal has been right. is making Terry Pratchett proud and to do an ADHD moment. Uh, someone asked him about Sandman. It's like, we get good omens. Why can't we get Sandman? And he said, it's not, it hasn't been about getting a good Sandman. He says, I've spent 20 years keeping a bad Sandman from happening. Yeah. <laughs> he said, that almost happened several times and yeah. I've worked against it. Um, but even the, you can just tell the production and the cast and everyone is just so excited to be a part of this. Oh, yeah. Yes. I, and I mean, all the performances have been amazing. Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, uh, I can't wait for you to, to uh, finish it. Yeah, to finish it because mm-hmm. there's so many things I want to talk to you about. Yeah, um, I mean, even the even the little little tiny characters we only get for like two minutes. I mean, it's still it's like yes, I love that person. I love that character, and I can't wait. You know, if I do get more of that character, 
awesome. I can't wait. If not, still great. Awesome. Love that. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, you know, if you learned anything from it, you know, don't mess with a witch because they're B.A. <laughs> they, are, <laughs> they are they are definitely O.P. Yeah. Uh, and that entire scene, I don't mm -hmm. even I don't even want to go into any more than that. But that entire scene was amazing. And it was a it was a great swerve. Well, as that. a fun little factoid about myself is that the character of Agnes Nutter, the witch, is based on a real character who was a real person who was killed on Pendle Hill, Alice Nutter. Mm -hmm. And I am a descendant of uh -huh. Alice Nutter. Yes. Yeah, there yes, you go. Yes, one of my great, 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 great grandmother was, of course, she dies in a different way in the book and the series. Right. Uh, but then the way that she died in, in real life. Right. But she was executed as a witch. Yeah. So. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so, uh, I love this series. I, mm -hmm. I can't wait to watch it again to catch certain, you know, parts of it that, you know. Oh, yeah. I haven't even been looking for all the Doctor Who references and Easter eggs that we're supposed to be looking for because I've just been watching the show. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I caught a few of them. I, mm -hmm. I certainly didn't catch all of them, but it's just so well crafted. Yes. It's oh, here's a spoiler, but it's the very first thing that comes out. So automatically is that not only has got a woman, but she has an American accent. Yeah. I could not believe that they did that. Oh, yeah. That's brilliant. Yeah, use, using the, uh, God as the chorus for the story, I thought, mm -hmm. was was wonderful. Right. Uh, a literal omniscient narrator, mm -hmm. which is which is amazing and, and great. And I, I really enjoyed that. Uh, I've been, I enjoyed the show. I don't necessarily know if you would want to do a second season of it to, to come up with a sequel. I, I don't know. If, as much as I enjoyed the show, sometimes, you know, one is enough. Mm-hmm. And even though there's stuff that's, um, there's stuff in the show that I could see them carrying it on. Okay. But I don't know. It's just, it's just so perfect. I would hate mm -hmm. to, to tamper with it. As good as Neil Gaiman is, I mean, the combination of Neil Gaiman and Sir Terry Pratchett was just, it was, it was magic. Mm -hmm. But, uh, if you've not seen the show, definitely see the show. It's, it's just incredible. Well, if you want more of it, maybe we'll get that, uh, stage. Stage play or stage musical that um, Michael Sheen and David Tennant wanted that you were talking about. <laughs> that oh yeah, they wanted. Yeah, that they wanted. They'd love to see it as a stage play and switch off as characters. You know, one play, uh, you know, the angel and the other mm -hmm. play the demon, and take turns with it, which I think would be incredible. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. There you go. That's that's what you do. Don't uh, make a second season. Just do the first season over, over and have again. Them, yes. And switch just have out them, and have them switch the characters. Right. That would be. That would be amazing. Mm -hmm. I, I would love to see that. But uh, what also came out this week, uh, Sunday, we got episode one of Nosferatu. Yes. Joe Hill. Oh, I'm, which, I'm very excited about it. I haven't got to see it. But yeah. I, yes, I'm so excited about it. Well, one thing I'll say about it, this was my one, two, because, of course, I spent most of Sunday watching Good Omens, and I saw the, the first episode of Nosferatu. One thing I liked about it is the characters are definitely blue-collar uh, mm -hmm. The type of characters you don't necessarily see take the forefront of a lot of television or even movies. They are real people cut from real cloth. And I found that refreshing, especially with superhero movies. We tend to see the, you know, the spectacular, the nearly godlike. And we don't see a lot of uh, uh, just normal people struggling with everyday problems mm -hmm. take the forefront. So I, I definitely enjoyed that. And of course... The acting was amazing, as amazing as you would expect it to be. Right. I will say that episode one is kind of a slow burn. Mm -hmm. um, 
it spent a lot of time introducing characters. Okay. I would suspect that uh, things are going to pick up after a while. But yeah, I mean that. Like in interviews and appearances and things like that that I have seen, I haven't seen a young Vic. Um, now, I think you had told me that they do start off with her as a child. Well, um, they, they start off with her um, teenager, I think. Okay, all right. Because, so. mm-hmm. you know, having read the book, and it, it does, it starts off with her as a child, and you see her grow up. Um, so uh, that's something that I just, I hadn't seen in any of the interviews, so I didn't know if they were going straight into it to, uh, you know, skip the part of her as a child and just go into her as an adult or if they were actually going to uh, spend the time. Well, they got they basically they have her. I think I would say like a senior in high school. Okay. And mm-hmm. getting ready for college, and you know all the struggles of I want to be an artist, mm-hmm. you know, and you know her dad being follow your dreams. I didn't follow mine, but mm-hmm. you know, so don't make the mistake I made. Her mother going. Be practical. Be and, practical, mm-hmm. and and you know we can't afford to send you Pragmatic, to college. So yeah. yeah. So you're going to be vacuuming houses with me because, of course, we can't afford to send you to college and, and all mm-hmm. that stuff. And, I mean, Zachary Quinto as, as Manx, you know. Yeah. Having read the book, I'd always pictured in my head um, Steve Buscemi as Charlie Manx. But, I mean, this this was more perfect. I mean, because uh, the character of the way that they can do his makeup and change the way he looks. He, yeah. And, and he's always good at playing a villain. Oh, man, Zachary Quinto can play a villain. Oh, yeah. Uh, that charming villain. Yeah. In, in so many uh, so many things that he's done, that charming and, and villain. And being able to play, you know, this older character with makeup and then, you know, play younger mm-hmm. when he needs to. And the thing is, that type of a character is so tempting to chew the scenery up. And there, he has those moments where he uh, he's a little more bombastic, but he can be very subtle also. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, tell me about the car, because the car is a, is a character in itself. Yes. Is, is it everything you expected? Yeah, I would say so. Okay. I mean, you see the car and you get to, I mean, most of the time you see Charlie Manx, he's driving the car and he's got mm-hmm. the little boy in the back going to Christmas land. Christmas land. So you get that idea of this is not, this is not a good thing uh, at all. And of course, it the show ends with, oh, okay, this is, this really isn't a good thing. So, mm-hmm. And that's, I think that was brilliant on AMC's part to uh, premiere this in the summer. Because if they had to release this at Christmas, Christmas does sound good, but so much Christmas. And that, that was kind of the point of it is uh, come to Christmas land where it's always Christmas and you always get candy canes and hot chocolate. And But the little boy was like, well, sometimes I want a hot dog on the 4th of July. And just too much of Christmas is pretty much hell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, this show uh, could very well make a Christmas in July. Give it the... Uh, the depth of hate that it deserves. The misery, yes. <laughs> like this is the anti Hallmark Channel. <laughs> well, AMC is good for doing mm-hmm. that. We'll end up. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, Godzilla, King of the Monsters, which I saw the, uh, this last weekend. It was fun. It was a lot of fun. It was everything I wanted. Big, big kaiju fighting each other. Uh, I know it wasn't as successful in the theaters as one would have hoped. Uh, a lot of that had to do with a lot of the reviews. A, a really? lot of reviewers hated it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they, they basically, uh, a lot of the hate was it was directed at the human characters because it's like uh, they're only there for uh, for ex- uh, explaining things and narration. And, you know, they're really two-dimensionally drawn. They're not that deep. And I'm like, e- yes, so? <laughs> uh, you know, it, it's very much like, I, I wouldn't complain about Papa John's because of the quality of their chicken wings. 
Okay. Uh-huh. Uh, they have them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, you can get them as a side for a pizza. But I'm there for the pizza. Yeah, you're I there for it. the pizza. Mm-hmm. You know, if you want chicken wings, go somewhere else. You know, go mm-hmm. to Buffalo Wild Wings or something. Mm-hmm. I love great human drama. Believe me, I enjoy those movies. But I don't go to Godzilla for that stuff. <laughs> I go to Godzilla to see big honking monsters fight each other. Mm-hmm. And I got that. I got that in spades. Did you get uh, a giant turtle from space that flies on uh, blue fire? Oh, yeah, dude. We certainly no, Of course, we didn't get that. <laughs> One day. One day. Yeah, one studio is going to have to buy another studio for that. <laughs> but I would love Which to- has not been unknown to happen. <laughs> Disney oh, that does never it. happens. Disney does it all the time. It never happens. <laughs> so, yeah, but uh, yeah, there you go. But I, I enjoyed it. Unfortunately, I think uh, what hurt the film was a lot of the bad reviews for it. Oh. Um, but um, again, bad reviews don't scare me off of a movie. And proof of that's going to be this weekend because I'm probably going to go see Dark Phoenix. I don't have a lot of hope for it, but man, as of right now, of course, it started yesterday, and and I've talked to some friends who've seen it, mm-hmm. and so I am not expecting a whole lot wow. out of it. The lowest rated Rotten Tomato score in any X-Men film ever. Ugh. Yeah, I will talk about it. We'll talk about mm-hmm. it next week, but if it's not as bad as people say it is, I mean, I'm I'm not going to have any problem saying that. I guess you'll have to compare that. it to Origins Wolverine, so... Well, that's not exactly a bar you want to compare anything to. <laughs> it's like, well, it's better than that. Well, you know, it's also probably better than a colonoscopy. But mm-hmm. I'm not, you know, I don't really compare a lot of things that I do to that horrible mm-hmm. experience. But uh, it'll definitely be something to talk about next week. I hope I've got at least some good things to say about it. Like I said, uh, I'm going in to enjoy it. I, I'm not going in to uh, relishing tearing the movie apart, but if it deserves it, uh, it's definitely going to get it. But tune in next week for that, folks. And so with that said, we come to the end of Episode 70 of the Geek Watch Podcast. Thank you for listening and tune in next week for the latest in geek news and views with the Geek Watch Podcast. For Mandy Petrie, this is Brian Hatcher reminding all the geek watchers out there, we're all geeky about something. Be proud of yours. See you next time. Thank you for listening to the Geek Watch Podcast. If you enjoyed this program, don't forget to like and subscribe on your preferred platform and share this podcast on your social media. For links to all the ways you can listen to the Geek Watch Podcast, as well as leave comments and suggestions, visit our website at geekwatch.net. The Geek Watch Podcast is a Hanging J production.